Hello, friends, and welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, a speaker, a best-selling author of the book, U-Turn. Get unstuck, discover your direction, design your dream career. And I created the U-Turn book and the podcast as a place to help you connect to who you truly are at your core. And that's why every single week, I want to bring a guest on with the intention of helping you expand what's possible for you, both in your confidence, whether it's in work or love, and just in life in general. So let's get into this week's episode. Hello, my beautiful U-Turn friends. It's Ashley Stahl here, and it's been such a minute since I have sat down and done a solo episode where I can just pour my soul and my learnings out to you in hopes that some of it sticks, some of it's helpful. Take what you like, leave what you don't. Uh, I think the first thing I want to get into is that you have to always be your own guru. You know, um, I think far too often we live in a world where, especially with the rise of coaches and coaching, you know, there's a lot of people that might be positioned as teachers or gurus. And while it's really amazing to have those, you never want to borrow someone else's beliefs um, and abandon your own. So, With everything I'm sharing here in today's solo episode, I just want to encourage you to, you know, be you and take what you love and leave what you don't. I wanted to share 22 insights that I've learned in 2022. Hey, U-Turners, this episode is brought to you in part by Glad Skin, the skincare products restoring natural balance to your skin. So did the eczema or acne you perhaps had as a kid follow you into adulthood? Living with a visible skin condition like eczema can impact your sleep, confidence, and even your sense of self. And you deserve so much better than that. It is so real how we feel when other people look at us. And even though it's important to love ourselves, I think part of that comes down to really rethinking our skin treatment. And that's why I love Glad Skin. Glad Skin is a completely new category of skin treatment that is made for people of all ages with eczema prone, acne prone, or rosacea prone skin. So you might be wondering what actually causes the itchiness or the redness or the inflammation or the discomfort that you see on your skin. And it's actually a disruption of your bacterial environment called the skin microbiome. Glad Skin specifically works to target the imbalance in your skin's microbiome. But unlike any other skin brands and prescription medications, Glad Skin uses Microbalance, which is a revolutionary protein that restores the balance of the good and the bad bacteria that live on your skin so you can finally heal. It's been so effective that 91% of users, adults and children, who tried their top-selling eczema cream reported significant improvement after just seven days. So I especially love their products because Glad Skin with Microbalance is steroid free, works without any harsh ingredients, and is clinically proven to reduce eczema symptoms. It's so gentle, even babies use it. So if you've been frustrated with your treatment options, don't wait to try Glad Skin. They're offering the U-Turn community 15% off plus free shipping on your first order at gladskin.com slash U-Turn. That's gladskin.com slash U-Turn. G-L-A-D-S-K-I-N dot com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N and make sure you use the U-Turn code for 15% off plus free shipping. I use their makeup remover and their facial bar every single day and then some. I can't wait to hear how much you love them. Now let's get back to this week's episode. This has been 
a huge year for me. I've spent one year and a month in this magical, smelly city of New York City. I've absolutely loved living here since I broke up with William. Him and I have become good friends. If you're new to the podcast, maybe you haven't seen I was in a three-year relationship and we decided to go our separate ways a year ago. We've become great friends ever since. Just didn't see each other as lifelong partners. We wanted different things. And it took all three years of our relationship to really figure that out. And when we broke up, I was in Los Angeles and I just didn't feel right staying there. There was something about the city that just didn't feel like it was my place anymore, at least not for now. And I went to New York on a business trip And I told myself, if I can find an apartment in lower Manhattan with a backyard for my dog, I have a 100-pound, 1% wolf German shepherd situation of a dog. His name is Jupiter. And I told myself, if I can find a place easily and it doesn't have to be hard and I don't have to push, then I'm going to move to New York. And in my first try, I found an apartment in um, lower Manhattan with a backyard and I got it right there on the spot. And it's funny, ever since I've seen a lot of people who have to push really, really hard to make things happen. It was so, I was in so much receptivity and feminine energy and just allowing life to be easy. And so that's one topic I plan to cover on this solo cast episode. So let's get started. 22 insights from 2022 that I've learned. Number one, like I wanted to start with, you're your own guru. Um, It really comes down to always questioning everything you're told, not ever letting anyone else's truth be your truth. So just because I'm here sharing my truths, um, be aware of yours. The second thing I want to talk about in general is feminine energy. Um, This has been huge for me. I think that My perception is that masculine energy is anything that moves and is focused and feminine energy is like the air that holds it all. It's like receptivity. It is, um, yeah, intuition. It's, um, yeah, I, I just think of receptivity and intuition when I think of feminine energy not pushing. The masculine can push and there's, you know, an evolved soul, I've said many times, I believe, has access to all of their energies, the the masculine energy, the feminine energy, the receptivity, and then the part of you that can push and get things done. There's a time that calls for all of it. But I think a lot of us feel imbalanced in our energies. A lot of us feel like we're pushing and we're in a lot of masculine energy and we've lost sight of the part of us that doesn't have to push, the part of us that can relax, the part of us that can tune into our intuition, that can give us wiser answers then sometimes our masculine energy can find for us. Sometimes our masculine energy wants answers. It wants to execute and it's our feminine energy we need to just sit and be, be in a season of being where we can allow answers to come to us. And one of the things that I've learned as it relates to this, when it comes to this second topic of insights from 2022 and feminine energy is it starts with just stating what you want and committing to not being someone who has to push for it. And it doesn't mean you don't take action. It just means that you do it from a calm place, not a desperate and pushy place, so that you can allow things to percolate. You can let yourself be calm. And one way you can do this is just by putting it out there, letting people know what you're wanting and asking them to put, you know, 
keep their eyes open for you. So let's say you want to manifest a new job. You can let people know what you're looking for and let them know you'd love for them to think of you. If you want to manifest a life partner, let people know what kind of qualities you're looking for and that you would love if they would connect you to someone, if they think of that kind of a person for you. I think to me, my feminine energy is about knowing things are moving forward without me having to always just push them so hard or visibly see the results. Uh, And it's just so important that we give ourselves permission to be soft. And that's the third thing I want to talk about as far as learnings in 2022 is I want to ask you the question, what brings out your softness in you? You know, like here in New York City, there's a lot of masculine energy, a lot of pushing And it's really challenged me to soften because when you get out there, you know, especially when I walk my dog, I open the front door and people are just brushing by the front door every morning. Some mornings there's a few dogs walking by and Jupiter, my dog just like loses it and gets really excitement when he excited when he sees other dogs. So for me, I have had to make it a practice of noticing what makes me soft, what brings out my softness and I've learned that my dog brings out my softness, supporting and helping other people in my private coaching practice, brings out my softness, writing my books, brings out my softness. So I want to ask you, what makes you soft? Because usually when you can tune into what makes you soft, you can kind of open that portal of your feminine energy. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned in meditation, which is another thing that makes me soft is that in any given moment, someone has told me this and I really loved it and I wanted to pass it on to you. We are either taking on a seed, a sprout, or a blossom. And I know I've talked about this before. A seed is a new idea, something we never, ever thought about. It's like completely a spark that started inside of us and it opened something for us. We don't know what it is, but this new idea came in and we're kind of inspired and curious about it. So that's a seed. And you want to take note of your seeds. You want to write those down. And I have a little journal. And in it, I wrote seeds, sprouts, blossoms. And I just kind of keep track of ideas that I have. And then there's a sprout. A sprout is when a seed that you've had, some sort of idea, gets a little momentum. Like maybe you're thinking about something, you have a conversation with someone, and it moves from being a seed to a sprout. You get some ideas on how you can actually bring it to life, and you're sitting with that. And then there's the blossom. A blossom is something that, you know, it's a sprout you've been sitting with. It's an idea. You have a few concepts on what you can do with it. And it blossoms when suddenly you get a lot more ideas on where you can take it, what you can do with it. And it's so important that you know when something is blossoming. So I want to challenge you after this episode, after learning to write down on a piece of paper, seed sprout blossom. What what ideas do you have that are seeds, like little nudges or things that you might be interested in? What ideas do you have that are sprouts? You know, maybe you have some little ideas on how to bring something to life. And then it's like, what ideas are blossoms? Where are you starting to feel like, wow, this is coming to life and you have momentum with it and you want to take it further. And this brings me to my fifth insight from 2022 which is instead of making assumptions with anything in your life that you want to move forward, start asking questions. And, you know, going back to masculine and feminine energy, sometimes when we have a question, 
we push, we want the answer. We see life as a place that we need to go to get the answer. And I want to encourage you when you have a question, yes, you can ask people questions, but also see questions as something that you can sit with in your life and let life show you the answer. So instead of saying, I'm curious about this seed that I have in my mind, you know, I thought about starting, you know, for example, one seed that I have that's becoming a sprout is I've always loved meditation, but I haven't really felt very solid in it. And um, I go to this meditation studio very kind of haphazardly, like when I'm in the mood to meditate, I go in New York City. And the other day, they offered a meditation certification. And I would never think of myself as someone who's certified in meditation. But I thought, why not just go? And so that seed of, wow, I really love meditation. And I would love to do something with it, but I don't know what that thing is. It became a sprout. It was like, I'm going to sign up for this meditation certification. It's 200 hours, 10 weekends. I'm doing it. So it became a sprout. Do I know what I want to do with this meditation certification? No. Eventually, maybe it'll blossom. Maybe it won't. But I'm being with the question, which is this point that I'm making um, and kind of going back to masculine and feminine energy. I'm letting life show me where I want to go with meditation. I'm I'm asking life, like, what do I want to do with this? And I'm curious about it. So when I have conversations with people in the meditation world, I'm curious with them and I'm letting them be a way of letting life show me through their experiences, through my experiences. And I'm taking the more masculine energy route of asking questions, looking for people who work in the meditation world, but I'm not being that assertive about it because I'm okay with this idea of meditation being a sprout right now. Uh, I remember three years ago on the Insight Timer app, I found a meditation course by this woman named Sarah Blondin, B-L-O-N-D-I-N, and I absolutely loved her guided meditations. She has free ones on the Insight Timer app. And that was the real seed. It was like, wow, there's something she's doing that's really inspiring to me, and I'm not sure what it is. And then I started meditating, and the seed kind of solidified. And then I saw the certification, and I felt so pulled to it. And it started to sprout, like, I'm going to do something with this, and I don't know what it is yet. Give yourself permission to be in seasons. Give yourself permission to ask questions instead of making assumptions or forcing what something is about for you. Follow breadcrumbs in your life. I learned the importance of that in 2022. So just to recap, number one, you're your own guru. Number two, feminine energy can look like stating what you want and committing to not pushing, just allowing it. Number three, getting curious about what makes you soft. And number four, knowing where you're at with something, whether you're a seed, a sprout, or a blossom at any given time. And number five, asking questions instead of making assumptions. So this brings us to number six. I think a lot of us at any given time are longing for something or other, and we tend to get used to ignoring what we're longing for. So I want to ask you right here and right now in your life, what are you longing for? Is it, it could be a feeling, it could be connection with someone, it could be community, it could be an experience that you're longing for, it could be a vacation, um, it could be deeper love, it could be um, a makeover, it could be a fashion makeover, you're longing to feel different in the way you express yourself. What are you longing for? Um, And just to take a moment, um, there's this concept in my new Buddhism class that I'm taking in in parallel with the meditation certification. And um, 
there's this concept that I've spoken about in a podcast before called samsara, which in Buddhism and mindfulness is this concept of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you know you're in samsara with different things in your life when you're just like in the same freaking cycle and you're sick and tired of it. Like, for example, I used to be so bad with money. Like I got I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired of how I was managing my money and I got better at it, Um, you know, or with my diet. I was eating a lot of sugar and I was like sick and tired of feeling like shit, but I loved cupcakes. (laughs) It sounds ridiculous. I'm listening to myself talk, but. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was in samsara with my diet and with money. And it all reminds me of this experiment. Um, I can't remember what university put it on, but it was around a dog. I mean, there was a dog in a cage. And on the left side of the cage and on the right side of the cage, there was different shock mechanisms. And it wasn't painful, by the way, for those of you who are like me and very concerned about humane animal treatment. But it was a light shock that they would do on one side of the cage and the dog would get really hip to it right away and move to the other side of the cage. They weren't a masochist. They didn't want to keep getting shocked. So the scientists would shock one side of the cage. The dog would move over to avoid the shocks. Then they would shock the other side of the cage. The dog would move over again to avoid the shocks. But then they did something interesting. They would shock the entire cage and the dog would freak out because it didn't know where to go to avoid the shocks. And then the final part of the experiment that I thought was really telling was that they would open the cage and they would shock the entire cage. And a lot of the dogs didn't get out of the cage. It would freak out in the cage, but it would stay in the cage. And I feel like this is very much so a lot of what has to do with human experience. It's like we get so used to our pain and our discomfort that when we finally see freedom in front of us, We don't always claim it. We're so used to, and that's the thing. There can be years of being stuck in samsara, being stuck in suffering, being stuck in being sick and tired of sick and tired. And then one day, maybe you shift something, maybe life just shifts for you. And just like the dog getting shocked in the cage, the door is open and you don't even let yourself see it. I feel like in life, you know, we long for things. Sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to long for things, permission to want things, And a lot of this has to do with, you know, when you want something, sometimes you have to give up something in exchange for it. So, I mean, let's take me, for example, right now. I have been saying that I'm ready for a life partner, but when I moved to New York, I was having so much fun dating. The apps felt like a freaking like human buffet for me and I love humans. So I was like, wow, new people and I get to talk to them and learn and new conversations, new thoughts, new places, new ideas. I really loved that. And then I hit a wall and I suddenly expired on the dating apps and realized, wow, I'm ready to meet my life partner. And speaking of feminine energy, I decided instead of pushing and being on the apps, um, I would just, and even pushing when I'm in my community, like going out and being on the hunt or whatever, I just told friends that I love who really get me, hey, I'm ready to meet the love of my life. I thought I was ready, but I wasn't because I was having too much fun just dating around and having variety. Um, here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody with calm energy. I'm looking with somebody who's really smart and intelligent and ambitious, um, so that I don't have to be the one that pushes them. I'm looking for somebody who's spiritually open. I'm looking for somebody with calm energy. All of these different things I would tell my friends. 
And I let them start setting me up and kind of being like a PR task force for me. And ever since then, dating has become so easy. All I have to do is let people know what I want. And kind of going back to this point of samsara, you know, like being sick and tired of sick and tired, um, being the dog that gets shocked and doesn't leave the cage. You know, a lot of this, again, has to do with what are you going to lose in exchange for what you say you want? So what I want is to find my life partner. But what I'm giving up is all the variety of all the people that I've been dating and all the fun that I've been having in that way to find a different type of fun, a different type of depth with one person. So it's so important when you want something to notice what you're longing for, to notice where you're in samsara when you're in that cycle of being sick and tired of sick and tired, where you're not showing up for yourself. And noticing what do you believe that you might have to give up in order to have what you want? Because it's important to at least know that and pay attention to that. Because sometimes if you're not paying attention to what you will lose, you get stuck in this world where you tend to perhaps... I don't know, like be a a victim of what you want. You don't let yourself get what you want because you're too stuck in that subconscious block of being afraid of losing something. And I want to bring up another thing when it comes to feminine energy, point number seven of my 22 insights from 2022. And I've talked about this before is what's wanting to happen versus what you want to happen. Um, This comes down to masculine and feminine energy as well. Um, A lot of us will want something to happen, but we are so attached to what we want to happen. We're so focused on that, that our eyes aren't open enough for what's wanting to happen. Meaning maybe these conversations with people keep coming up for you. People keep coming your way. You're attracting something in particular. Something keeps coming your way. And instead you ignore it because you're so focused on what you want to happen and you're putting your head down. So My invitation here is, yes, be focused on what you want, ask for what you want, but also pay attention to what might be wanting to happen for you because life has a really abundant way of recognizing you in some way and bringing opportunities to you. And you don't want to miss those because you're so focused on what you think should be happening that you miss what you really want um, or what you what's really meant for you. And a lot of this conversation has to do with anxiety, right? Like this brings me to point number eight is where you have the most anxiety is where you have the least trust in your life. So I want to just give you an invitation right now to take a look at where do you have a lot of anxiety? Is it in your love life? Is it in your career? Where are you feeling really anxious? And just to remind you, this is an opportunity to deepen your trust in your life And it doesn't mean that you just have to trust in something. You can take action, but ask yourself, what do you want your action to look like? Um, Are you in a season? You know, trust your seasons. Are you in a season of masculine pushing where you are putting yourself out there and really pushing? Are you in a season of feminine energy? And and maybe you have both at this moment in time. We all have both. Um, We all move through both. It's gender neutral. It has nothing to do with gender. It's all about how you express yourself in a different season of your your day or in your life. And so, you know, you really can't fuck up the right thing. And, you know, I, for a lot of my life, had a story that I was an A minus person, that I would always, you know, get the A minus things. I would never get the A plus things. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I had this story because 
I always got A minus grades in school because I wasn't willing to study enough to get the A plus. Um, I was having too much fun with my life to give that extra 20 hours to getting the A plus. I've never been a perfectionist. So um, I always kind of had this story like I'm happily an A minus person. Um, and so in a lot of ways, I used to feel like I was just getting things by a thread. Like, oh, I just made it and got this awesome thing. Um, I remember when I got my first TED Talk opportunity, I thought they would take it away from me. Um, it's like you, you just feel like you're living life by a thread. There's so much anxiety and scarcity to that and such a lack of trust that what's meant for you is going to come for you. And so you really can't mess up the right thing for you. You can't really say the wrong thing. If something's really meant for you, it'll give you a second chance. So I want to invite you now to take a look at where do you have the most anxiety? Where can you practice more trust? And what can it look like for you to practice more trust? And I want to remind you, this is insight number nine um, from 2022, is nobody's perfect. And if somebody's perfect, that's their shit. Like, that's the thing they have to work on because it's exhausting to be perfect. So yes, when we have issues, obviously the issue wouldn't exist without us. We're always co-creating our challenges. Um, but remember, you're not for everyone. You don't have to be perfect um, just because you have anxiety, just because you're putting yourself out there. Um, we are all works in progress. You know, I think a lot about my book. And those of you who have read my book, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I feel tears in my eyes, but I have a face mask on right now, so I don't want to cry. Um, thank you so much for reading my book and for DMing me. And most of all, thank you for writing reviews on Amazon, on Audible, on Goodreads. You are everything to me as a writer. And being a writer is like the most meaningful thing I've ever done. And yet I'm not for everyone. There are plenty of reviews of people who think I'm the worst writer ever. And then there's a lot of reviews from people who think I'm the most life-changing writer ever. And I think it's so important that we don't identify with the wins or the losses and we realize that who we are is so much bigger than that. And just kind of going back to this learning that no one is perfect. And if they are perfect, that's their shit that they're working through is that they're not. And um, just remember, you're not for everyone. And one of the most powerful learnings that I had this year was witnessing a legal issue. So I was reached out to by a attorney who had a lot of shark energy. Um, in like 10 years ago, I used a soundbite from YouTube that I didn't, I was a new entrepreneur. I didn't really understand legal around soundbites and royalties and licensing. I was a new entrepreneur in my early twenties. No excuse. I just didn't even know that was a thing. And I used a soundbite of this mood music I found off the beaten path on YouTube. And I, I had a course that had that soundbite in it a long time ago, which I no longer have. Anyway, this lawyer that represents the artist, it's a very kind of like indie artist, reached out to me and they wanted $10,000 or something ridiculous for this soundbite that I was using, even though it was an unlisted YouTube link. And he was very aggressive and very scary. He was saying to me, like, you owe us $150,000 in damages for using this music bite. And I mean, meanwhile, it's on like a YouTube video that I haven't really used or sold anything on. Point being, I was so scared. It, it felt so threatening, this lawyer, because in, when somebody sues you, you have to go to court and you have to spend money to defend yourself. That's the system that we live in. And as a small business, that was so intense for me. And 
it wasn't until I really meditated on this guy and his energy towards me that I thought a lot about the artist who probably had this lawyer representing him on contingency, meaning that this lawyer gets paid when this artist, you know, when he finds someone that this artist, you know, has their music out there with arguably illegally, whether it's known or unbeknownst to the person using the music clip. And this lawyer gets paid money on whatever he makes off of that person. So he spends his time with his team searching the internet for people who are using this soundbite and not paying for it. So anyway, he threatened the shit out of me. I was terrified. And in a meditation, I I felt compassion for the artist who is probably this indie music artist. This is my story about them. They I looked them up. They live in upstate New York. And they're probably in their cabin. They have a couple hit songs. And maybe they're feeling creatively stuck. They don't have any new hit songs. And their way of making money is having this lawyer search for people who use their hit song that they made 10 years ago so that they can gouge them and get paid by them. Um, And even bankrupt some entrepreneurs who can't afford this. And I'm all about people enforcing their rights. I'm all about if you're using somebody's copyright, you pay your fee. But I think an entrepreneur like me who didn't even know I was using it, who wasn't selling anything on it, it was an unlisted link, could have been given some grace. That being said, I felt compassion for this artist who just wants to make art and just wants to get paid to be an artist. They don't want to join the workforce and do something they're not meant to do. And so their way of making money is having this lawyer shark go around the world on their behalf and find people and catch them and gouge them and scare them. And I felt compassion for this musician that just wants to make music and turned a blind eye to how they are employing someone who's showing up on their behalf and inflicting harm on people. And what I realized is that you are what you delegate. So whether you're in your job delegating, whether you're in your family and you're, you know, delegating childcare or whatever it is, I want to remind you that the people you have showing up on your behalf are showing up on your behalf and they are an extension of the energy you put out into the world. So this musician who has this lawyer scaring the shit out of people who, by the way, I ended up having to pay a ton of money to and it put my business in debt for a moment. It was such an assertive amount of money for a two minute soundbite that I used on a video that's dead on the internet. Um, And I had to pay my team to you know, comb through everything we have uh, for this soundbite to never be used again. And thankfully, I think it's closed out. But as a content creator, I have content all over the internet. I don't know where people have pulled my content and maybe shared it. And it's just a matter of this lawyer finding a a second of this soundbite and trying to sue me again. So my point is, um, when you delegate to someone like this artist delegated to this lawyer who's inflicting harm, and this artist is closing their eyes to how this lawyer is showing up on their behalf, they are tacitly hurting people. And what we don't realize is that even if we turn a blind eye to how people show up on our behalf, let's say you own a business and someone's getting fired and the person that works under you is firing the person, your body knows if that person is firing them with kindness or not. And your body is going to hold that energy as trauma If you know in your soul that that person is not showing up with kindness, it's a reflection of you. And so I think there's a lot of CEOs out there who feel a lack of fulfillment and they can't put their finger on why. And I think on a lot of ways, this is why, is because sometimes they're delegating or they're earning or they're winning financially in some way. 
and they don't feel good about how they're winning when they really tune in on how people are operating on their behalf. So I just want to help you check your line of energy, take a look at how people are showing up on your behalf, who you're delegating to, and how important it is to check yourself and make sure that you feel good about how people are being in the world. And I also want to remind you that the choice to live vulnerably is a daily decision. Um, a choice to, you know, I remember when this lawyer reached out to me, I said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I used this soundbite 10 years ago. What is a fee that I can pay for the copyright? I'll delete the video immediately. It's not even in use. Um, he came back really aggressively, but I was willing to be vulnerable and respond to him and take responsibility, even if it meant, you know, being seen as somebody who was guilty in some way. And so I think it's so important that we make that decision to Live vulnerably is a day-to-day -day choice. To love people is a day-to-day -day choice. It's not like I'm deciding that I'm going to be a vulnerable person and that's it. Every day you decide to be a vulnerable person. And when you live vulnerably, you get to have deeper connection. And part of that vulnerability is, you know, these awarenesses that I'm having with this lawsuit, for example, this threat that I got is realizing that, you know, um, I, I can put that out there. I can share this with you. I can be vulnerable about my experiences in hopes that it's supportive to people. And I can let my vulnerability be healing for me. And, you know, plus my 12th thing I want to share in 22 Insights from 2022 is that it's really hard to create lasting change when you're in isolation. You know, um, there's a quote and I'm going to butcher it, but it's something along the lines of, it is not until we share our shame in front of a benevolent witness that we are able to heal. I have to find who quoted that, but it's something along that idea that we cannot heal until we share our shame, our pain in front of witnesses, people who are benevolent, who can hear what we have to say without judging us. I think that's why I call my best friend, Nick Pavar, the therapist I talk about all the time, Nicole. I call her my spiritual witness because I air my shame in front of her whenever I have it and she is benevolent and she hears me and there's healing that happens between her and I when I voice these things and she sees them without judgment. So I want to remind you, it's hard to create lasting change in isolation. It's hard to grow and feel connected and fulfilled without being vulnerable, without having integrity in front of people and in front of yourself. Um, and a part of, you know, really having change is receiving compassion, receiving validation. Um, these things from other people need to be seen. Um, it's so important. So that's 12 insights from 2022. I'm going to let this solo be part one, and then I'm going to publish a part two next month um, with 10 other insights. Um, so for those of you who are taking notes, I'll share with you the first 12 insights. You're, number one, you're your own guru. Number two, feminine energy can look like stating what you want and committed committing to not pushing. Number three, get curious about what makes you soft, what brings that out in you. Number four, know that at any given time, you're in a moment of being a seed, having an idea that's a seed, a sprout, or a blossom. Number five, start asking questions or let life be with you and your question instead of making so many assumptions. Number six, um, stop igno ignoring what you're longing for. Um, pay attention to where you're in samsara, where you're suffering. Think about the dog getting shocked without leaving the cage. 
um, and pay attention to what you believe you might lose in exchange for what you want. And number seven, pay attention to what's wanting to happen versus what you say you want to happen. Don't put your head so down that you don't see opportunities coming up in front of you. Number eight, where you have the most anxiety is where you have the least trust. Remember, you can't fuck up the right thing. Number nine, nobody's perfect. And if you're perfect, that's the problem that you need to work through. And um, remember that you're not for everyone. We're all work in progress. Number 10, you are what you delegate. Just like the, the musical artist who delegates to this lawyer who attacks people and finds people and scares people. Be sure that who you have representing you in any area of your life feels good because your body is going to pick up on that and feel how you're being represented, even if you're closing a blind eye and having somebody do dirty work on your behalf. Uh, you don't want that. And number 11, the choice to live vulnerably is a daily decision. And then the final one, number 12 for this uh, part one of this solo episode, is it's really hard to create lasting change in isolation. Uh, do you have a spiritual witness? Do you have someone that witnesses you that can hear your shame without judgment? And if you don't, what's keeping you from committing to finding that person, whether it's a romantic partner or a friendship? I think this sort of person in your life is huge. Um, so stay tuned for part two next month of this solo. I'm excited to share 10 other lessons and insights I've learned from 2022 to complete this 22. And I'm sending a lot of love. Thanks again for writing reviews on my book. Thanks again, especially for writing reviews on this podcast. It means the world to me. Um, it helps me grow and do what I really feel like I'm meant to be doing. And you're making that possible. So thanks again. I'm sending you love. And I can't wait to hear from you what you got out of this episode, if anything. And uh, take care. Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn Podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners. Thank you for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people and brands that we trust and we believe in. And just for listening to the show, writing your reviews on the Apple app, and just being willing to make your own U-turns. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.